Today is Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. The world is in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's on this day that I meet Mei Li Tao. Immediately, I'm struck by how real the impact of the virus is on a family donut business in Santa Monica, California. Ever since this virus entered into America, we've lost all of our corporate accounts. Our corporate accounts made up about 30% of our business. So those are all gone. Those included local cafes, big hotels, and really large offices in the area, both in tech and car dealerships. All of these companies, which when they were open, would order from us either daily, weekly, monthly. And right now, all of that has gone to a halt. We're now limited to takeout and delivery. And so we've seen just a huge downgrade in our sales and just foot traffic in general. I mean, they've issued a stay home order. So people don't even want to leave their house. I think that people are rethinking their spending power and and their routines are getting all switched up. In the midst of this, you know, how are you feeling? (sighs) I mean... Welcome to Progress Not Perfection, the leadership podcast where we grow through what we go through. My name is JQ and I'll be your co-pilot. Each episode, we sit down with leaders to explore how they build companies and communities, products and services with a vision for the greater good. We dig into how they create clarity and chaos as they wrestle with messy situations and also how they navigate their own career journeys along the way. If you're ready, let's step to it. The voice that you heard at the start, that's Mei Li Tao. She's known across Southern California as the Donut Princess. After graduating from UC San Diego with a degree in communications, Mei Li came back to her family business, DK's Donuts, which is a local bakery in Santa Monica, to bake up a new brand, filling Los Angeles with flavor. In this episode, as you can probably imagine by now, we dig into how Mei Li is pivoting amidst the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, using the same ingenuity that helped her innovate a traditional bakery through a concept pilot, and how baking was always in her bloodline. Let's pick back up where we left off. Man, in the midst of this, you know, how are you feeling? <sighs> I mean... I'm really, I'm sad on one hand because I just, I just want the business to be okay. And I want, you know, my, my family and my workers, employees to be okay as well. But I do worry. I worry about the future of where it's going to go because any mom and pop store, you know, you rely, there's so many things that you have to pay for, right? You have to pay for labor and you have to pay for supplies and you have to pay for rent. And then you just happen to hope that in the midst of everything, that everything's going to be okay. And so how it makes me feel is it makes me sad. It makes me a little bit paranoid because on one hand, as I am on the front lines, helping out and doing the deliveries myself, it's like, I feel a little bit of paranoia. It's like, maybe I should just stay at home, but my, my, my business is at risk. So it's, it's this dilemma that I wake up to every day. And that's so rough because you spent so much time to like, when you say your corporate accounts are all gone, what was that like for you? 
Uh, I mean, it all started off with, you know, a call or two or three, and then it kind of domino affected so that the minute I knew somebody was calling me, it was, it wasn't to place another order. It was to cancel their orders moving forward. So all these standing orders, they had to be canceled for the time being. And we don't know when that's going to be. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's dates set in place right now, like May 1st, like schools are going to open. And then at the end of April 19th, the the state, the stay at home order will be lifted. But I mean, if we're really trying to flatten the curve, I think it's going to stay in place for much longer. For context, Maylee actually runs two businesses, DK's Donuts and Donut Princess LA. DK's Donuts, the bakery in Santa Monica that I mentioned, it has a 4.4 star rating from over a thousand Google reviews. So it's pretty well established. And Donut Princess LA is a specialty donut concept that offers everything from sending donut bouquets to a loved one to building a donut wall for your next event. Basically everything donuts. Given my freedom to make analogies here, let's say those businesses are baked goods. I got curious, what were the raw ingredients? In this case, I'm thinking May Lee. She was giving very honest, very vulnerable answers, and it seemed like she was being fairly open with how things were affecting her. I wondered, has that always been the case? Not exactly. I mean, growing up as an Asian American uh, with really traditional parents, we were always taught, you know, just pretend like everything's okay. If people ask, you know, you're good. And I think that comes from just the upbringing of like Asian culture. It's like, oh no, I'm good. I'm, I'm perfect. I don't really need you. But at this time, I think what small business owners should be doing is to be straight up vulnerable and to really share how it's impacting them at this moment. People won't know what's going on unless you speak out about it and you create that awareness for people. Yeah. Why why is it important for you to be able to share what you're going through? I think that I love being connected to people and there are also just so many ways to get related. I I do share number one to to obviously save the business, but number two, just to share what's going on like internally with me and to try to find some humanity out there where people can understand and take action. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. And, and given that what given what's going on with COVID-19, it seems like you've gone from thriving to surviving, as, as you've alluded to in, in earlier comments. How have you been or how are you now pivoting to to adapt in, in turbulent times like like this? I think that when the the first time I like started to feel a little bit of panic, I thought, OK, time to put my creative cap on. What can I do to save the business? So I first started off by creating a local grocery store that's actually available 24 hours of the day. We're selling items like basic bread or milk, avocados, things that we have that a person, maybe like the elderly might need and they don't want to deal with long grocery lines and they want to kind of go there and come back. That's available. I've also offered free delivery for those groceries to um, the elderly around West LA. And I would do that personally. Another thing Mm. that I did was went ahead and created a virtual store on Uber Eats. So, you know, we're on the delivery partners, Uber Eats, Postmates, Grubhub, DoorDash. But in addition, this virtual store is focused on sandwiches. So these sandwiches 
are a part of DK's that not many people know of. When you think of DK's Donuts and Bakery in Santa Monica, you don't think, oh, it's they have sandwiches, but we do. So I curated a very special type of sandwich menu. It's all based on like things that I've tasted. And, and I went and I took pictures of everything. I uploaded them. I added the instructions and we got everything up and running by early last week. So people can now order from that specialized menu. And why that's important is, is because people are now working from home. People are, have those late night munchies. Like why not um, offer sandwich aspect where people can enjoy that at home? Gotta feed the munchies. Yeah, gotta feed the munchies. I'm, I'm, you live in California. <laughs> Come on now. I'm curious uh, because you brought it up. It seems like part of your supply chain already had the the bread and and what goes into the sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Did you have to shift your supply chain a little bit in terms of the grocery concept? Because now you're talking about eggs and vegetables and and that sort of thing. What has that? Yeah, I mean, we shifted it slightly because I kind of was focusing, okay, if I am like in the average household, what items would I like to get that I don't really want to go and wait in those long grocery lines that I've been seeing all around LA? What can I get that's easily accessible that people can um, most likely enjoy on on a wide audience? And those were the ones that we did. So we did change it a little bit slightly just for that local grocery store. Anything else that you're doing to pivot or that you have? Yeah. So um, spending more time at home, I've been getting creative with what initiatives that I could do. So I created an initiative yesterday. I haven't launched it quite yet. It's an initiative to raise money. And with that donation, we would use it to make lunch boxes for people in the ICU and the emergency rooms, the medical professionals that are on the front lines. So getting a head count of all the staff and making sure I understand which shift they're on, but obviously they're on 24 hours just like us and making sure that they are also taken care of during this time while they're on the front lines fighting for our loved ones and putting their lives at risk. I also talk about all the things that I've been dealing with on my podcast, which is called Short and Sweet, a Donut Princess podcast, which I've also had time to do at this time. It's kind of a weird time. I'm so used to like everything being go, go, go and being so busy. And now that things have slowed mm-hmm. down a little bit, it's really given me the chance to get creative with what I want to do to drive business and to help our community. At the time of recording, Maylee's 30 years old, and I got to thinking, how did she become so resilient? Was she always like that? While many kids may have been watching Saturday morning cartoons or sleeping soundly, May Lee at the age of seven was already awake by 5 a.m., accompanying her parents to their shop and assisting them in any way she could. I watched my parents work 18 hours a day. Real quick, May Lee is of Chinese, Cambodian, Thai descent. Her parents were Cambodian refugees who immigrated in the 70s, and they were survivors of the Khmer Rouge. They were running the donut shop, and my mom owned a Chinese food place at that time, too. It was day in, day out. There was no leaving early. There was barely vacations. They went in there, and they knew what they had to do, and it was all for us. It was all Mm. for us to go to a good school, to get an education. It was all for us to have a roof over our heads. That's something that I learned at a young age. I understood that. My grandma also raised me, and... When people are raised by their grandparents, I feel that there is a sense of respect, resilience that is brought off by by grandparents. Um, Just being somebody Mm -hmm. who's wiser and growing up in a pretty strict Asian household, 
it, it really taught me a lot of things about just working hard and, yeah. you know, just making it work. What, what do you mean when you say that you're, you were raised by your grandma? So since my parents were working 18 hour days, my grandma, actually, she came to visit one time when I was at an apartment with a babysitter. I was crying for hours. And later on, my grandma said, I don't know if the babysitter is watching your daughter. Okay. was she said that to my mom and then they mm -hmm. agreed that I would live with my grandma and I lived with her for 16 years of my life. Every morning I woke up, there was a bowl of rice with some soup or leftovers or some noodles and she would feed me or she'd leave it there for me as I got older. And I went to school and came back and there's always so much respect for her and all the things that she did for us just Never had to ask. She just did it. You were raised by your grandma, but I also feel like, and that seems like that was hugely impactful, but you were also raised by your parents too, because you helped out a lot, right? It, it seems like you learned a lot from both sides. Tell me about your first memory about you helping out in DK's Donuts. What was it like growing up around the shop? Well, growing up around the shop, it was that, you know, I would always be there after school even before I started school, I remember I would stand on a milk crate to reach the top of the showcase to help my parents give change. I remember I was so shy and just, you know, just a child, just seeing how my parents worked and uh, I wanted to help out. Even if it was certain things like spelling certain things right, because my parents never went to school or giving customers change or helping fold boxes. I mean, there's always something to do around a small business. There was, there's no way my parents were going to pay for daycare, right? So it was like the right. DK's Donuts was my daycare. Man, that's awesome. And, and I feel like that builds so much. It builds upon, you know, what you've been doing in terms of constantly shifting with the times. Was there anything that, do you ever remember a time like what we're going through now in the coronavirus where like just your parents tensed up, business started to get tight? Did Was there any... Example of that? Um, I at think all? during the Northridge earthquakes, which was many years ago. The Northridge earthquake struck California in 1994. It was a 6.7 on the Richter scale. 8,700 people were injured and 57 people died. Property damage was widespread and estimated to be anywhere between 13 to $50 billion at the time. It shattered all the beverages in the shop, it shattered the showcase. You know, at that point, we haven't closed since 1981. So what my dad and my mom did, they didn't really cry about anything. My dad quickly went and got a generator and started generating so we can make coffee for the neighborhood. It really just, you know, my parents are amazing. They, they, they have all that resilience that you were referring to and they have that hustle where it's like, okay, well, <laughs> let's, let's do this instead. Let's do this next. And there was never like yeah. complaining about it. It was only just action. I live my life by something called the CIA framework. C stands for control what you can control. I influence what you can influence and A, accept the rest. Control what you can control, influence what you can and accept the rest, which tends to be most of life. The reason that I bring this up is because Maylee's example of her parents acting in the Northridge earthquake, and also Maylee acting in the coronavirus, is such a clear example of how, regardless of the situation, you could get burdened and worn down, or you rise up to do what you can. For the record, I learned the CIA framework from Dan Moore, 
president of the Southwestern Company. Genius. Oh, and uh, one more thing. Are you starting to notice the dynamics of family, heritage, childhood, and business all start to intertwine? My dad used to tell me a story where he said, the first time I came to America, your uncle Ted picked me up and there were maple bars in the back seat. And that was the first thing I knew about America. And I remember laughing because (laughs) it's so crazy that Ted, this infamous guy in my family, so he's my grandma's brother, my great uncle, he actually opened up hundreds of donut shops for Cambodian refugees when they were coming over after the Khmer Rouge. So, yeah, he would basically say, hey, you know, your family's coming over. I know you don't have an education. I mean, these people coming over were as young as like five and as old as like eight. My mom was like 17 when she came here, but then didn't know a lick of English. So imagine coming to like a whole Mm -hmm. new place and wondering how you're going to make it, especially California. So what Ted did was he went and he would say, okay, hey, your family needs a bakery. Um, here's how. Here's the men. This is all the heavy lifting. This is what you do to bake. And for the women, hey, you know, this is how you sell. It's kind of simple. You just point. And they really taught them the business. He knew that these refugee families needed a way to make money and to survive. And this is how, this is what he taught them. Donuts have definitely run Yeah, the they really right? have. <laughs> My my auntie owns a, um, a donut shop. My other uncle owns a, a croissant factory. My other uncle um, used to be in like the supply chain part where he like owns like the distri- distribution um, center for baking supplies. And so it's, it's always run in the family. And, and yet despite that, you know, what sticks out to me is that you could have just done exactly that and, and continued on. And I, I guess you do run DK's Donuts now, but there's there's a certain sense to you where you are an innovator, at, le- at least that's what it feels like to me, and a depth where you started to create this concept uh, of Donut Princess LA. Um, tell us a little bit about what Donut Princess is and, and how was that process of, of landing on the idea. In the Thank first you place. so much for calling me an innovator. <laughs> um, well, even before I started Donut <laughs> Princess, um, with DK's Donuts, I would say that the biggest thing that I loved to see was the experience part of someone coming in, walking in, and their eyes lighting up to see the showcase. And so what I did was I expanded on a lot of different items at DK's before I even started Donut Princess, which are the O-Nut, which is the half croissant, half donut. We were the first ones in LA to bring this croissant and donut hybrid to LA, even though it started in New York, which was a huge hit. Mm -hmm. And then expanding on that, we have the half waffle, half donut. Um, This came from my love of fair food, how everything's just, you know, when you go to the fair, it's like Oreos and <laughs> yep. so many good so fried good. chicken, like all that stuff. So um, I created this half waffle, half donut, where it's a half donut 
in half waffle batter, thrown into the cast iron, then deep fried, and then garnished like a donut with toppings like crushed Oreos and sprinkles and bacon bits and all sorts of things. And then on top of that, I expanded the menu up until it had 120 different kinds of donuts, both specialty and traditional. So that was the first thing I did with DKs. And then I also created this whole thing with these letter donuts so people can spell messages nowadays with the times of you know, people who want to express certain messages, but it's also very Instagrammable. That's kind of what I did for my business. And that was a huge hit. I also created the Texas-sized donut tier tower, which are like giant Texas-sized donuts that people can use at weddings or events. They've been sent to like famous DJs and Fox Sports Net birthdays and whatnot. So really just creating that wow factor of those donuts. We supply these customized donut walls. And so they're branded Mm, mm -hmm. and they're really awesome at corporate events or weddings or events again in general. And what they are is like, it's, it's a, it's an experience. You're going to walk up to this beautiful, like donut wall with all these crazy garnished donuts and you can go and take a picture or pick one off the wall, uh, whatever you see fit. So um, let me think what else. What else did I do at DK's? It's so funny. As you're talking about this, I'm getting so hungry. (laughs) Yeah, I tend to have that effect on people. People are like, I'm hungry. Um, (laughs) And I think, you know, just me being there and being the face of the the business and of the company, that was a really big thing that um, my parents weren't really familiar with, especially with the coming ages of social media. I remember at first they were like, why are you Mm -hmm. taking pictures of everything? You know, I had my like iPhone 5, I think at the time, snapping these photos, building followers. On DK's Instagram, it's now at 83,000 followers. But when I started it, it was zero. And I remember getting the first 10 followers. And I was like, oh my God, or the first 100. I was so excited. On one hand, You could argue that the bakery has been running for decades. It's a well-established machine that's going smoothly. Why change anything? On the other, Maylee stepped into tinkering with that machine in her own way. And what I love about this is that there's a lens of taking ownership and responsibility to execute on your ideas instead of letting them fade into faint memories of what you could have done. So yeah, that's what I did for DK's. Donut Princess came about. It essentially now is a donut bouquet delivery service. So again, playing off of the experience factor, it's like, okay, why not receive donuts in the form of a bouquet? It's at a pink matte bouquet box. It has six to eight beautifully arranged donuts with a handwritten card and a custom Donut Princess pin. You know, I would like to receive something like this. A lot of the, a lot of the things that I come up mm-hmm. with are I would really like to receive this or I bet I bet my friend would like that. It's a universal thing and donuts just bring this nostalgic experience. A lot of the times it reminds you of childhood or happiness. So why not kind of pair that with the personalized experiences that I can give today? That's so cool that like you're taking a lot of what's happening today in your life and then applying it. And it almost feels like you iterate pretty constantly as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, would that for be sure. fair to say? You mentioned that you're the face of both companies. 
What was that like taking over the, the companies from your family? Well, taking over a family business, there are always too many cooks in the kitchen. And when I really started making power moves for the business, I think that's when they started to actually pay attention to what impact I could have. Being the youngest of my um, nuclear family, you know, they know me as like little Maylee. I was like the little baby of the family. And here I was bringing in hundreds, if not thousands of more people who started to know the brand and really started to love the brand. And just like the continuation of the things that I did day in and day out to ensure that. That's something that I don't know if my parents will understand. Texting was very weird for them, you know, at first too. But, you know, like as in the, in the terms <laughs> yeah. of like Facebook and Instagram and the accessibility of all this to them now, they're really, they're really catching on to what I'm doing. So the next time I go, Hey, I have this video to do, or like, I want to do this. They're not knocking me for it. I've gained a lot of credibility in my family and maybe some respect. <laughs> when I start to dream of things, I, I sometimes think to myself, man, I'd love to do this, but the traditional hierarchy here is that I need X years of experience or Y title before I have the power to experiment and test things out. This was a really good reminder for me that, you know, if your ideas are good, it doesn't matter how young you are or I am, well-implemented ideas that have visibility provide me with credibility. That's so good. You, you mentioned the O-nut, which is like yes. the croissant and donut. And that you said that was in like New York first, and then you brought it to L.A., when I think about donuts on the West Coast, you know, I'm up north in, in Canada. And um, I automatically think of like voodoo donuts, like mm -hmm. on the way down to California. And I'm so <laughs> tempted to now check out your place as well. How often do you see the space to, to look for other trends that are going on elsewhere in the nation and then bring that to I mean, to nowadays, food has just become this I don't even know how to describe it. Food is just something that is not only tastes good, but looks good. It can be ridiculous, like giant. It can be ridiculous, like health friendly. There are so many different trends that you can play with, but it's really important to figure out who your audience is. From there, you can figure out, okay, are mm. they going to like it? Ultimately, it doesn't even matter. You have to go out and test it. If you don't test it, you won't know yeah. how I get the trends now. I mean, I'm overall just a foodie myself and I'm always loving to play with the different textures and flavors. So it kind of just comes with ease. That's awesome. As a business owner, you know, you talk about iterating constantly. And I imagine that you might get to a point where you're constantly thinking about it as your baby, like how, when, where to grow, say, innovating mm -hmm. through new donuts. Do you find that that's the case where it's too much? And, and what do you do to, you mean to like turn off your brain? Constantly working. <laughs> yep. How do, you, how do you stop thinking about donuts? And, and um, what do you do to well, do that? Well, so what I do, I mean, if you're a small business owner and you're listening right now, you know that there is always something to do on your list. And to maintain the mental healthiness of you to 
I call it strengthening the axe. So, you know, you've got to like make the axe a little bit sharper before you can go and like slay out there. So what I mean by that is you've got to take some time for yourself and, and do something for you, whether that be exercising. So I love to do yoga and go to the gym. <laughs> um, and I love playing video games. I stream video games on Twitch. So if you're ever on Twitch, come watch me play some video games. And I just spend time with family and friends. I think my friends are such a huge backbone to my success and they've always been there supporting me. And yeah, it's like, you've really got to take that time for yourself. You've got to put it in your schedule. As a business owner, you want to do everything for your business, but you also have to take care of yourself. I, I love that you take the time to one, connect with your parents, but then two, veg out and play video games. Um, what other video So right games now I'm like really into Animal Crossing. It just came out last week and it's kind of kind of a perfect time because you can hang out with your friends in the game too. Um, I can send you a screenshot of uh, three of my other girlfriends playing it together and we're just hanging out on the island and waving. <laughs> but I'm also <laughs> playing Mario Kart, Mario Party, Super Nintendo, Super Mario Deluxe. Shout out to my boyfriend who let me borrow his Switch during this time to play it. It is a big sacrifice. That's a He's, sacrifice. <laughs> he really does love me. So yeah, it's just, it's really great <laughs> that I, I get to veg out sometimes and, and participate in those games that kind of give me that same nostalgic feeling of like being a kid again. Awesome. That's great. It seems like you've been really dedicated and focused. Were you like this during university? What, what's something that about you that most people don't. So really when I was expect. in university, I was uh, taking the communications major because I wanted to be a news reporter between my internships at the news station, like me being in the back of the car and gaining experience through there. We kept chatting for a while about everything from religion to raving. But at this point, our audio started to do this weird thing of merging timing of when we were saying things. So bear with us. Our conversation floats back towards the coronavirus at this point and how anti-Asian sentiment has started to escalate within California. It's March 24th, 2020. There's racism against Asian Americans right now. Could you tell us a little bit about how you're experiencing that? Yeah, so it's, it's really unfortunate because as this whole coronavirus thing started to unfold... I kind of knew that this racism was coming. I was so excited for the Asian voice, you know, like people were getting nominated for these best pictures. Shout out to Parasite. It was cool to be, you know, Asian, finally. Like we were getting roles that were not mm -hmm. just minor roles. Like being a minority was finally cool. And then the coronavirus happened. And of course, for people who are uneducated or unaware, it's not like just because you're Asian that you have it or it's so sad to see all these hate crimes, these poor grandmas that are scared to go home from public transportation because people decide that they want to take it in their own hands to hurt them. Regarding my business, I've seen yeah. some racism in terms of like taking some orders. You know, my staff is mostly Cambodian and mixed, but at the same time, we had this person who placed an order and she said, by the way, I know like, you know, all your staff is Asian. Do they have the coronavirus? Yeah. And I thought, 
I, I really had to take a step back here of this whole like customers always right. And I talk about this in my podcast often, but it's like, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath and try not to take it personally. And I'm just going to answer as polite as I can and just progress with the order. This whole subject, you know, a lot of racism comes from when you grow up and the culture you're in, like lots of cultures have stereotypes about other cultures. That's something that you're born into. But as you get older, you start to really get to know people of different races and get to know people of different cultures. And you start to realize that the core is all the same. Like we're all like, we're all in this together. We're all in here for love. Mm-hmm. Receiving that message was, it was just heartbreaking. There was a man who walked by the shop and he, he spat at the shop and he said, yes. And he said, you guys all have coronavirus. You're Chinese just based on like what I look like. And I'm not even like full Chinese or not like my staff isn't even Chinese. You know what I mean? Like it's so, it's such ignorance. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it's like, I'm not here to, to tell, like they're going to believe what they're going to believe. It's just, I wish people would be more aware and educated on what, what is actually happening. Even like on, on our Instagram, we received some like weird comments, which I deleted and, and reported, but the racism is, is in the air. It's, it's there for, for all Asians. It doesn't matter, you know, what type of Asian you are. And then there's this whole paranoia, right? So it's like going to the grocery store. It's like people are, I know we're practicing social distancing right now, but it's like, okay, like people are looking at me funny or stepping away. And it's, is is it because I'm Asian? Is it not? So there's this whole paranoia anxiety that that's occurring. Yeah. After this whole COVID-19 thing blows over, you know, uh, I'm hoping it does soon, but what's uh, what's next? Um, picking up the pieces. Um, if there are any pieces to pick up, I mean, every business is in danger right now, and unfortunately, we're going to have to mm-hmm. think and re-strategize on how to recover from this whole pandemic and the impact of it being on small businesses. It's going to just take some time reconnecting with accounts to see if they mm-hmm. still want to be put on, if they can afford it. Because, you know, think about it. Donuts are kind of like a luxurious thing to add to someone's budget to provide for their staff, right? It increases morale, but at the same time, it does cost money. So if these businesses are all already in the negatives, barely surviving, what makes you think they're going to have extra income to start back up again? There's that fear. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder when normalcy, normalcy will return and what that will be like. You just got to wait it out and take it day by day. Yeah. Given, given your resilience, given your grit, I have, I have full faith that you'll be, you'll be Thank thriving you. pretty quickly. Thanks Thank so much you for, this. for interviewing me and giving me a chance to give you my two cents about everything. I really appreciate it. This episode really got me thinking about how a lot of small business owners are fighting to keep their business going during this time. If you want to help me, Lee and DK's Donuts, uh, especially considering they're building lunchboxes for local LA hospitals, particularly the ER and ICU departments, I'll include a link to the GoFundMe in the show notes. You can also catch May Lee on her podcast, Short and Sweet, or on Instagram at DonutPrincessLA. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating or review. Until next time, 
Keep swinging at those shrubs. JQ, out.